0: Welcome to episode 45 of FRT, the IF podcast on the intersection of finance, regulation, and technology. I'm Conan French, together today with my IF colleague Adrian Della Casa. Hello. And we're joined by our guest Joanne Barefoot. It's great to be here. Adrian is seconded to the IF from Unicredit, where he led the AML policy team in Germany. And Joanne is a former U.S. regulator and has been a leading advocate in the global push for more efficient and effective regulation through technology from several of the ventures that she leads. She also has an excellent podcast series, if you haven't checked it out, called Barefoot Innovation, which looks at innovation and technology and financial services. Today, we're here in Washington, D.C., where Joanne convened as a leader of a new group called the Alliance for Innovative Regulation, AIR. She organized a satellite of the global AML and Financial Crime Tech Sprint with the UK Financial Conduct Authority, which we'll be calling and many of you may know as the FCA. So the FCA has a consumer protection, market integrity and competition mandate, and as part of that, leaders there like Chris Wallard and Nick Cook have for several years convened something called tech sprints, where they bring together financial and tech participants with traditional players in financial services to really be very uh, creative and try and identify new concepts to solve the important issues in financial services. The I.F. has been really pleased to see this type of channel of partnership and communication between the public sector and the private sector. And we've also been excited to see that RegTech and financial crime solutions have been an important focus. For this group, I think this was the third text sprint that they've convened on those topics. These are important topics for us at the IF, where we've been looking at digital identity throughout the summer. We're partway through a three-part series of papers that will look at that. Adrian's been leading our work there and on AML and financial crime and new technology. So, may, Adrian, maybe a, a little uh, flavor of what we've been doing there. Sure. Thanks, Colin. So, yeah, indeed, AML is a big focus area for the
1: IF in in general. We have our AML policy work that we do when we engage with FATF, with regional regulators, and with law enforcement. So this is the general AML work that we do. And we, of course, provide also the input from the RecTech perspective. But what we also do in our digital finance team is that we do focus on specific financial crime applications and specific financial crime topics. We published a machine learning and AML report almost a year ago now time flies. And as you just mentioned, for example, we are now embarking on a three-part series on digital identities. And the first of the papers from this whole series is specifically focusing on AML, trying to call out and identify where frameworks need to be adjusted to make those things practical and spread the innovation in that case.
0: And Joanne, you've done so many things in the industry to try and advance the use of new technologies in regulation and compliance. This is the first time that the FCA has had a satellite site outside of the UK for one of their tech sprints. So could you give us a little background on how that came to be and who was in the room? I'd be happy to.
2: This was the first regulatory tech sprint in the United States. And it does jump off, as you said, from a model that's been created by the FCA. And it's a hackathon. So they will tell you we're regulators, so we don't like the word hack. So we don't call it that. We call it a tech sprint. But it's a hackathon format where you're bringing together subject matter experts with software developers sitting together in the same teams for several days or a week and trying to work on solutions for very specific regulatory challenges. And at the end of the sprint, you don't just have a white paper or a memo or a working group. You've got some code written and then that can, if it's worthwhile, be incubated into working solutions. So it's a way of accelerating progress. And this one, of course, is focused on financial crime. And the FCA has really been a leader in helping everybody focus on the fact that we can think of AML as a compliance problem, but really these crimes are terrible, terrible forces in the world. So just a few of the statistics that we use, there are about 40 million people today in modern slavery. 10 million are children A million of those are children who are enslaved for sexual exploitation. And the UN says there's $1.6 trillion laundered every year and that we're only catching less than 1% of it. And that's because the good guys don't have the good technology and the bad guys do. So the sprint was focused on figuring out how to do better, how to leverage technology better. And it came about because the FCA was visiting the United States last fall and invited a group of regulators to their planned sprint. And the US regulator said, well, we can't probably all get there. And so somebody suggested that we have a satellite site. And we did end up having about 65 regulators over the course of the week come through and either observe or participate. Three agencies had people in the so called hacker teams. The FDIC, the Federal Trade Commission and the CFPB actually had people on the teams and we were very honored that we had the FDIC chairman, Yelena McWilliams, as our keynote speaker. And she also agreed to be a judge of the hackathon. And um, so it was an incredibly collaborative event. People were really excited about it.
0: That's exciting. And in a little bit, we'll get into what were some of the ideas that came out and who won and sort of what the path forward is. But before we dive into that, you know, again, we're just very excited to see developments like this at the IF, because some of those statistics that you shared are things that are real drivers for us. We just think that we need to have a more efficient and effective system that suits everybody's purposes. I think there's broad agreement that we want to see better solutions that work. And the question of you know, how can we do this and, and the role of new technology and trying to transform some of those challenges that we've seen in the system not being as efficient and effective as we'd like to see today. So, some of those themes, maybe Adrian, you were in the room for the tech sprint. What were some of the things that you saw? I know, you know, cooperation and challenges from rules mm-hmm. and data sharing were some of the main issues uh, going into the room. What was a uh, top line takeaway for you? Well, I was in the room uh, just to be clear. I was there as an observer. I was very happy to be able to do that. and. I
1: think the the number one point that struck me was something that we've also been advocating for for quite a long time is the acknowledgement by everybody in the room, be it regulators, be it supervisors, representatives from uh, financial institutions or tech firms, is the need for collaboration. So that was, from my perspective, the topic number one. The theme of cooperation was across the board, from cross-sectoral between financial institutions and tech firms to cross-border, cross-agency. There was a lot of talk about that, uh, about the the various agencies within, for example, the United States, working together to assign responsibilities, try to identify new ways to work together, but also the public-private cooperation. There was a couple, I think, good sentences that were used. For example, Joanne, you mentioned it before, the move from a compliance burden, a compliance obligation, to a more effective system. The, the idea that to defeat a network, a network of criminals, you need a network. So this acknowledgement that you cannot go it alone and you need to cooperate is, is something that was striking to see. And I thought it was very, very positive.
2: Yeah, I would add that the collaboration and also the creation of a solution as opposed to sort of thinking and talking about solutions, I think is the power of it. But very specifically, you mentioned that the FCA has done other sprints. They've actually done, this was their seventh, it was our first, and they have done several on AML. And they decided to focus this one very specifically on the question of how could we safely share data widely among the industry and government forces? Because these crimes today are on the rise. We're talking about human trafficking, terrorism, trafficking in weapons, drugs, endangered wildlife, looted antiquities, all kinds of crimes like these. And they are increasingly run by global networks that are very, very sophisticated and that are freely sharing information our private information is for sale on the dark web. In many cases, people are able to cooperate and then hide their crimes so that law enforcement will tell you that they are able to catch the sort of stupid criminals at the bottom of the hierarchy, but they can't roll it up to see the big pattern. And that's because we have to protect people's privacy and therefore we can't just be sending information all over the world to talk about individual customers. And the exciting possibility is that new privacy-enhancing technologies, and I think we're going to talk about those in a few minutes, are going to enable, again, the government and industry to share pattern information that is fully anonymized, fully encrypted and protected, so that we can then use machine learning to search for those patterns of crimes. These crimes have data typologies. You can recognize them by just looking at the way the money is flowing, the amounts, the places, the timing. And so the machines can find that, and then what we hope would be then that people could go through a due process to enable them to be looked at by the human reviewers.
0: And those are some exciting technology solution opportunities that we definitely want to dig into in a little more detail in a minute. But I think you know at the IF we've certainly been working for a very long time to address the rules challenges to data sharing. Adrian, maybe you could give us a little more color on that long effort. So we're excited about the opportunity for technology. We think that technology can have an even greater impact if we also sort of revisit some of the longstanding challenges in the global rule books regarding data sharing. True, thanks. So, Indeed, there are, there are two points to consider
1: here. Generally speaking, yes, there is always the age-old question of what information can I share of a fragmented regulatory framework all over the world, especially for financial institutions that are active across the globe. You do run indeed into data protection or privacy rules. You run into banking confidentiality rules that are inconsistent. And the biggest question is always try to find that balance between the very real and very important need to keep your customers' data confidential. This is the basis of trust of our entire business, but at the same time, enable to share information to combat financial crime. So that's the age old question. And there was a point that has been made in some discussions around the issue, not being the technology, but being the rules that prevent us to move ahead. And I would generally agree on that statement Although what I thought was interesting was that some of the participants we were working on, there was this acknowledgement, okay, these are the rules. We need to protect information. We cannot share it freely, and there's a very good reason not to do it. But we can be creative with technology, comply with those rules, but still be able to share, for example, anonymized information. Can we leverage that? Can we basically protect information and not disclose it, but still aggregate it and use it? And that's what I think was, was some of the most fascinating outcomes in terms of
0: solutions that were devised. You see initiatives sort of on the rise in every market around the world. You see the recent law coming into force in California, in the US, the federal government is taking a look. So I think there'll be an increasing look at privacy across uh, all sorts of you know, industries in the digital space raised by challenges like Facebook's Cambridge Analytica scandal and and other issues those forces seem to be very much you know in play i think the dynamic where we need to continue to revisit what can we do in data sharing so that for instance bank branch uh, in one jurisdiction can share some information about that their customer with their other branch in another jurisdiction these are some things that we continue to Absolutely. need to see improvement uh, and while we're trying to get a, a rule book in place that really enables for transformative change technology can start to make a big difference and so i think we see incremental improvements from technology today and then if that can be coupled with some of these you know rule changes in the future that would be even more powerful so maybe you know joanne as we as we pivot a bit into that sort of mix of what can technology do today and and what are some of the Rule changes that might accompany that for a really transformative impact. I think there's broad global agreement that some of the challenges you shared and the horrible numbers um, in human trafficking and financial crime are around the world, you know, broad agreement. Everybody wants to change and address. We all want to have better metrics and one to 2% of financial crime blocked. And, you know, it's sort of rules and tech together that can do it. What are some of the things that you saw emerge from this sprint that gave you some real excitement?
2: Yeah. I've co-founded a new nonprofit called the Alliance for Innovative Regulation, or AIR, and our mission is to catalyze and help shape transformation of the financial regulatory system to using the world's best technology, digital technology. And one of the things that we have learned is that it can really help with these challenges to separate the technology question from the policy question. When you try to tackle them at the same time, you're constantly stumbling on somebody saying, Well, you can't do that under the rules. If instead you kind of give yourself an opportunity to say, Is there a technology solution that can work? Can we prove that something maybe could work? Then you begin to have support for the idea of revisiting some of the rules and updating and modernizing them. The outcomes from this sprint we had a great variety of people in the room. We had three big global banks, we had small fintechs, we had smaller banks, we had consulting firms. It was a wonderful mix of people. And some of the solutions that they came up with, I'll just give you some examples. There was one that worked on synthetic identities and how to catch those. There was one that looked at privacy enhancing technologies that would let regulators upload their algorithms to detect suspicious activity. There was one that was focused on hidden counterparties using anonymized graph structures. I must tell you, I don't understand graph structures, but it was very impressive. There was one that worked on categorizing suspicious activity reports, the SAR reports, to enable like a feedback loop to come back to the industry because it's such a frustration that you report suspicious activity and you usually never know whether or not your suspicions were right. And there was one, the one that actually won, was called Sharing is Caring, And is focused on creating an information sharing infrastructure among the U.S. regulatory agencies, including FinCEN. Going in, we didn't really have a plan for how to reward the winning team other than by giving them medals. Whereas in London, the winning teams go into an incubator. Again, they've done seven of these sprints. But spontaneously, as our judges uh, worked on this, a consensus arose right on the spot to let all the teams present to FinCEN and also to an interagency group that Chairman McWilliams of the FDIC is going to convene. And she also invited them all to lunch with her at the FDIC, the winners. So there will be a next step. There's huge energy and excitement about further refining the pitches and then showing them to the regulators directly and saying, is this the start of something that could begin to change how we do things?
0: And that was a great impact out of the satellite site in the U.S., but globally, we had, I think, more than a dozen IF members, like City HSBC, UBS Santander, SockGen, Refinitiv, in addition to all of the tech firms. Adrian, some thoughts on what you heard and saw coming out of the room in London. You know, What were the solutions there, the, the ideas there really focused on? Well, it was interesting to see, and I don't know what the reason for
1: that is, I, I have some suspicions, is that the... Joanne just described it, the U.S. teams focused a lot on suspicious activity monitoring, how to handle suspicions, Um, so focusing on the monitoring of the customer relationship, so that side, or building base layers of information that you can then leverage. From what we've seen via video link to the UK, which, by the way, Joanne, that was really, really cool to be able to see the other presentations from London.
2: Yeah, I might add that we were linked to the UK periodically throughout the week. And there were a lot of US regulators in London as well. So, was, And we had Samantha Emery from the FCA with us here as their ambassador. So it was a very it was transatlantic. A it was a truly <laughs> yeah. global
1: event. Yeah. But the, the UK side, from what we've seen, they focused a lot more on the customer due diligence. So another step of the process, I don't know if that was intended, but there were a lot of great solutions and great proposals how to improve know your customer processes the identification steps or going deeper into using alternate data to produce risk assessments produce a more consistent approach to having a coherent view of what the truth about a customer is so more on the cdd side of things and i thought that was interesting i have my suspicions maybe it's because in europe we're very much used to have very stringent, very clear, very strict rules around how a KYC process needs to be structured. But that was an interesting change, although I have to say some of the solutions in the US were quite exciting, especially from my perspective as a practitioner, including the graph, anonymized graphs as a base layer of information could be very, very powerful
0: going forward. And I think globally, if we, you know, in advance of having solved some of these challenges that we see in the data regulation, data sharing rulebook. Um, If things like new encryption techniques um, allow us to share anonymized data sort of in a more real-time basis, you know, I think that's one development that we see a lot of hope and and expectation emerging. So it sounds like in this transatlantic dialogue, there was a great diversity of solutions with a couple of different focal points that really stood forward.
2: Could I mention that we had Chairman McWilliams' keynote to Washington was simulcast to London? And then in London, they had our U.S. Treasury's Assistant Secretary, Marshall Billingsley, who heads the terrorism and financial crimes function at the Treasury.
0: And also sits us. on FatHood.
2: Exactly. And so his speech was shared in Washington. So there was a great back and forth.
0: That's one last thing that I wanted to hear from both of you is what were some of those key public messages and the, the path forward? You know, this was a, an open, on-the-record event. And so I think communication and clear signal from the public sector is something that we've been pushing for and advocating for, clearly stepping forward in, don't call it a hackathon like this, but where creative new ideas are being encouraged by the regulator and they're there to you know clearly signal that they see the need for these new technologies and new approaches. So what were some of the things that stood out in public messages?
2: So I, I, we've hit some of them already, the need for collaboration, frankly, Half of it is just getting the technology people and the regulatory people in the same room together and giving them time and sort of free creative space to think up different ways of solving these problems. Adrian already said the motto of the whole event was it takes a network to defeat a network. And that everyone kept quoting that, you know, that's how we need to think about it. And frankly, thinking about this from the standpoint of AIR, it takes a network to modernize financial regulation, not just in financial crime. But everywhere, we need to be bringing the best of both worlds, technology and finance together. I showed a slide where I had former Congressman Barney Frank and Steve Jobs on the same slide. And I said, What if you had given them both the same problem to solve? You know, it would be very interesting to see what they would come up with. So those were the big steps. And then there's a lot of momentum. Assistant Secretary Billingsley announced that there's going to be a further collaboration by Treasury. We at AIR are being asked to put on more of these sprints already. We're going to be doing that. And it's a new, you know, I found myself as this sort of sank in afterwards, realizing that we sort of did something new in Washington, at least in financial services. I don't think there's ever been this format used before. And people were excited about it because it just opened up possibilities. So it's really momentum from that.
1: Absolutely. I think this is generally a point that, We've noted already and that we've seen a lot is that it seems to be easier for the public sector, be it the supervisors, the regulators, whomever, and the private sector to get into a room together and talk about something, to have this exchange, to discuss solutions. And I think that's extremely important. And we see a shift all over the world where we have our members where it gets easier to start to talk to each other, to find solutions together. It's less of an adversarial approach, at least in financial crime compliance. And I think that this is exactly also what Assistant Secretary Billingsley said in the end. And what's also striking was how heavily technology has arrived in financial crime compliance. He mentioned that specifically blockchain technology, digital ID, AI, and homomorphic encryption are four transformative technologies that he specifically sees in financial crime as playing a big role. And again, during the FATF presidency of the US, out of four major initiatives, two of them were digital related, digital currencies and kicking off the digital ID guidance, which FATF is still working on. So it's there's a lot of momentum there. Absolutely.
2: Could I say one other thing? You mentioned in your introduction that the leadership for a lot of this has come from Nick Cook at the FCA. You can't say enough good things about the FCA. Their global leadership and innovation has been amazing. And they're most famous for their regulatory sandbox, but they've had this reg tech group that started or was previously led by Nick Cook that invented this tech sprint idea and has been innovating. And I think it would be interesting to your listeners to think about the fact that, that this year, they elevated all their innovation work at the FCA into a division level unit. Nick is now heading that whole thing, data science and reg tech and innovate, and they have over a hundred people in it, and they're growing it. They're going to double it within a year. I mean, that is a different model from what we see in most parts of the world, and I think it's it's inspiring to think about the regulators really bringing technology change to the center of their agendas.
0: One of my key takeaways um, from what you've just shared, and thank you, you know, Adrian and Joanne, for giving us a readout on this really exciting development. But having that transatlantic event this year sounds like it really gave the U.S. regulatory community, which is sort of, of course, much more diverse and diffuse than you see in many other markets. But it helped hit all of that great ecosystem of regulators that we have here in the U.S to understand the value of these types of activities. And so I think a hands-on approach where they, I think you'd said something like 14 different regulatory agencies were involved. 17. 17, Mm -hmm. even better. 17 (laughs) different uh, agencies were involved in the tech sprint. And I think that was, for me, one of the real takeaways was that investment of time and focus and really positive and increasingly positive feedback through the week, meant that they are now learning and understanding the value of some of these approaches that have been piloted in leading markets like the UK FCA. Uh, Monetary Authority And Singapore has also taken a very active approach to try and drive innovation and engagement like this through new models. So this is a global trend that we see. We think that it has a great deal of value because, again, we've been working very, very hard at the IF to improve the rules and the data sharing principles that that we'd like to see advanced. But in parallel to that, I think you know, approaching how can we use new technology today to try and make some of those improvements while we work um, to get better rules and better data sharing policy in place. So for me, that's I think the main takeaway is that we have a focused, engaged, and jump-started U.S. ecosystem that has come out now and announced that they'll be doing a tech sprint. There'll be coordination across the US government. They really seem to value this type of engagement and so new channels of engagement. and The launch of AIR, congratulations, uh, are all exciting developments to come out of here. We'll continue to look at these issues, of course, through the lens of digital identity. A paper Adrian has taken the lead on will be published in the coming days, looking specifically at digital identity, new technologies and new approaches in AML. We'll have one following shortly after that, looking at how new digital identity technologies help us with financial inclusion, expanding the customer base that we can serve more efficiently and more effectively. And then the third piece, we'll look at different business models. Here on FRT, upcoming episodes will continue to look at Libra and some of the currency implications and digital identity aspects brought forward by that proposal from Facebook and other partners. Brad and Natalia will be looking at our second edition report on machine learning and credit risk, where we've done a survey of 60 of our firms to see how they're using new machine learning applications in their business. So please tune in again for these upcoming episodes via the IF website, on SoundCloud, and now on Apple Podcasts. I'm Conan French, and thank you for joining us for the latest edition of FRT.